Good morning. How are you today? That was not like, ah, okay, it's Sunday. Try again, how are you doing? That was probably a little better than you feel actually, right? You were like putting it on a little bit. That's okay. Um, that's really echoey. Is it echoey to you? Or is it just, I feel like I'm in a fishbowl in my own head. No? It's normal. Good. <laughs> well, we're in our Empowered series. We're going through the books of Luke and 1 Corinthians together. And um, the last time I spoke, was it just last month? Was it June? Um, I, I read through Luke. I was, I was being diligent to read through and just to see what God would bring out next. And I went to Kurt and I said, Luke 4. Luke 4 has just jumped out and grabbed me, but that's really soon. So I can just keep reading if you want me to. And he's like, yeah, keep reading because that is too soon. I'm not going to have you preach that regularly. And I'm like, that is fine (laughs) because it is hard, isn't it? (laughs) Prepping to preach is, um, it's hard stuff. So, um, but you know, I couldn't leave it. It just kept digging in my heart. And so I thought, then this is for me, you know? Um, So I've been researching and reading and praying and just thinking about Luke 4 for the past month for myself. And it's been a very personal, emotional journey. And then he called me last week and said, you're up. (laughs) So God was actually uh, speaking. And I'm so excited to share it with you today. So apparently it's not just for me. Maybe it could be for you too. So I'm excited to share. Um, so grab, grab your Bibles. We're turning to Luke 4. I know one person told me today that he brought his paper Bible because he knew that I was speaking. You know why, right? Do I, because when you touch your Bible and you see where verses are, and you're like, oh, that's where that verse is next to that verse. Like, don't you love that? Even though, you, I mean... You know, I've read the Bible cover to cover, um, but still I find things I've never read before. God is cool like that. Um, I'm wondering if you have two sets of anything. Like, does anyone have everyday shoes and then special occasion shoes? (laughs) Special occasion shoes on today. Um, Anyone grew up in a household that had uh, two sets of china, everyday, like, What would you call that? Plates? (laughs) Everyday dishes. And then China. And you pull it out for Christmas, Easter, maybe the matriarch's birthday. Right? And then hand wash, please. Carefully pack it away. Precious. Um, Mothers in the house. My two-year-old has a special shirt. It is stain-free. He will never eat in that thing, can I tell you? He will never play in that thing. Uh, Josh mistakenly put it on him one time, and I was like, get the shirt off. That's his special shirt. It's stain-free. I have it hanging in the closet out of their reach. If we need a shirt that is stain-free, right, keep it special. Anyone else have anything like that where you're like, I have special things and everyday things? What about relationships? Does anyone have those special, like, couple times a year catch-ups with really special people? You love them. It's so much fun to get together and catch up. But they're not every day. They're not in the ditches with you every day. Do you know what I mean? 
this special, you know, and I've got to be honest, Kara, I've got to switch out. I need my everyday shoes. <laughs> I just, I love to dress up, right? Love to dress up. Um, but after a wedding, who is like ready to take those shoes off after? Have you been at a wedding and you're like, get me out of these? My feet are in pain. Um, yeah, and I don't wear this every day. Thanks, Kara. But, um, I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. This is me. <laughs> this is my everyday me. Anyone else wear something a little different your everyday and then, you, you know, Sunday. It's my excuse to dress up, guys. I'm at home with kids. <laughs> if you come to my door on any given day, this is what you will find, except no makeup. Just going to put that out there. <laughs> my everyday me. Now, your everyday, you may not look like this, right? Some people's everyday is business attire, or maybe um, school teacher, or maybe um, zookeeper, or I don't know, what do you do? Every day, you put on certain things and you're doing your everyday life. It's different than your special occasion, right? Did, are you there? Okay, yeah. can I have the house lights up just a little, guys? Oh, you're beautiful. I see, you know. Um, I love dressing up. I really love fine dining. I love um, many forks and knives. Don't you? And you sit down, you're like, this is going to be special. Because there's so many forks. You're like, that's a lot of food. I'm excited, right? <laughs> you're like, yeah, seven courses. I'm ready. We, when we were on a, um, a mission trip to Thailand several years ago, our host took us to a four-star dining restaurant in the city. Will Lee's. Um, and... We had a great time, didn't we? I mean, it was, we each had our own waiter. Um, you guys, it was $25 a head for our fine dining experience, yes. And um, I, I leaned over to Jamie and I was like, I have to go to the bathroom. And before I finished that, my chair was being pulled out. We were talking about what we would like to try for dessert. And before we'd even really finished talking about it, they'd brought it all for us. I mean, it was like, woo, woo. I mean, who doesn't want to live like a princess or a prince, king? whatever you need to, <laughs> royalty, who wouldn't like to live like that? Isn't that awesome? I love to pretend to be a princess like that, but it's pretend. I don't live like that every day. And when I looked at Luke 4, something struck in my heart. What is the Holy Spirit for us? Is he special occasion, spiritual moment, Sunday morning, um, summer camp with the kids, or, you know, a ministry time where it's serious, right? And you, and you get prepared for this special occasion. And then you leave and you go back to your everyday life. Just wondering what the Holy Spirit is for us. Um, we're doing a lot of foundational stuff. We're doing this long series in empowerment. And it just seems like a lot of time to spend on the Holy Spirit, doesn't it? <laughs> it's like, we could do a long study on the life of Christ. We could do a long study on the Old Testament patriarchs, right? I mean, there's lots of long studies, but Holy Spirit long study? It doesn't, 
Anyone else kind of feel like, oh, it's Holy Spirit again? <laughs> Every day. Um, yeah. I feel like God's rebuilding some foundations in my life through this series. I mean, I've grown up knowing the Lord. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was nine. Um, and so I've grown up in the Lord. I've known him. I've walked with him. He is my God. I know the Holy Spirit. And yet I feel like in this series, I'm going back and I'm realizing some of my foundations were not fully solid. So I feel like today we're looking at a foundational building piece. Does that sound okay with you guys? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Um, another way to put this whole intro <laughs> would be, why would we ever unplug from the Holy Spirit? If we plug in for special occasions, like a machine plugged into electricity, why would we unplug <laughs> and go back to life? non-functional, no electricity, nothing powering us. Why do we do that? What do we think about our life that it's not worth his power? It could be that we think our life is a little too stained t-shirt-ish. I mean, he is the Holy Spirit, right? Holy, perfect, unblemished. Like, what does the word holy mean, right? Set apart. So does he even belong in our everyday life? I mean, how could we ask a holy God to be a part of our earthy human needs? Or maybe you're thinking, <laughs> you don't even know what my life is like. I am maxed out. I can't add anything to my life. And you want me to add empowerment of the Holy Spirit? I am maxed out. I'm up to here. <laughs> Ever felt that way? We're like, oh, <laughs> I have to add the Holy Spirit too? <laughs> Come on. That's the foundation we're going to dig at today. All right? Okay. Luke 4. Who has it? Hold up your Bible. Or your phone if you have it on there. That's fine. All right. I forgot which way this goes, guys. Oh, are you going to do it for me? That would be great. I would love that. All right. Luke 4, 1 to 4. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, where he was led around by the Spirit into and in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted, tested exceedingly by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days, and when they were completed, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus replied to him, It is written, Man shall not live and be sustained by bread alone. That is where we're headed today. I have my dear friend and mentor, Kay Kinsey, is praying for the service today. And my dear friend, Adam, is going to run the microphone back to her. <laughs> Thank you for praying for me, Kay. Heavenly Father, we just come to you this morning with thank you, thanksgiving for the wonderful, sweet presence we've experienced. And Lord, we come with expectation and anticipation of what you're going to speak to each and every one of us regarding empowerment. Lord, we look forward to what you have shared with Justine. Pray that the Holy Spirit, Father, would just enable her to speak the words that each and every one of us need to hear. And as a congregation, we just bring Kurt before you, Lord. We just pray for continued healing, continued restoration, full recovery. And Father, let him know how loved and missed he is. Father, just wrap your loving arms around him. 
And Lord, when the pain comes, Father, I just pray that he can just dig in deeper to you and your presence will be so real, the pain just disappears. Father, I thank you that you truly do cause all things to work together for good. And that we can look at the season and be thankful, Father, for the good things that are going to come out of this. We pray, I pray, Father, for Cascade Community in Monroe. I ask that they would be experiencing the new empowerment, a new freedom in the spirit, a new awareness of who you are, and a greater sense of your presence, just like you're doing with us. Amen. Thank you, Kay. The Holy Spirit empowers us, right? Is that all he does? Is that his function? The empower-er. Empower-er. What else is the Holy Spirit in our life? Comforter. Jesus said, I must go. It's better for you that I go so I can send the comforter. And what else? Gift giver? Mm -hmm. Paraclete, the one who comes alongside. That's what that word means. Yeah, what else? Oh, you're going to have to be louder. Enlightens us? Cleans us, our sanctifier. Yes, yes, yes. Gives discernment. Convicts of sin, our guide, our exposing our, um, <laughs> what is that called? Motives. Yeah, exposing our inner heart. Truth, spirit of truth. Counselor, yes. Healer. Revelation, yes. And here's the thing. I think we've said, well, Holy Spirit empowerment, this is where he operates right? In this place where I am ministering to other human beings and I need the gifts. But he is God dwelling in us now. Jesus is not on earth with us anymore. He is our comforter, our guide. He is our teacher. He is our intercessor. I mean, when you go through the New Testament and read about all of the things that he does, it's the same spirit who is in us, transforming us to be like Jesus, who is our empowerer. So he doesn't operate in compartments. It's, it's the same guy, <laughs> right? Same guy. So here we are, Luke 4, in the wilderness. Well, how did we get here? Luke 3. Do you remember where Jesus was in Luke 3? Getting baptized. Have you signed up to get baptized yet? If you haven't been baptized yet, I wholeheartedly encourage you to sign up because you won't know until you do it how cool it is. Okay, so if you're like, oh, I don't know, because you haven't done it, you don't know yet. So like, take the plunge, get baptized, it's awesome. And Jesus got baptized. He got baptized. What else happened when he got baptized? The Spirit came down. When else has the Spirit come down? Thank you, Pentecost. So, now Jesus, more full of the Holy Spirit uh, from birth than any human is, right? But this day of baptism for him 
God's voice spoke from the heavens and declared who he is. So he has a crowd of people now knowing who he is. Don't you think they would have whispered? I've never heard a voice from heaven before. This must be the Messiah. I've never seen a dove come sit on a guy and see the power of God fill a guy before. He's something special, right? Empowered for his ministry, he's being released into the reason why he came. I mean, this is a big day for Jesus, right? The crowd is murmuring. The PR campaign is building up. Let's book a stadium. Line up your sick, right? What about a worldwide tour? Like, let's get it going. I mean, we're, we've just hit the tipping point. This is the best. People finally are ready for the Messiah. And let's load him up in a truck painted with a cool logo. And let's travel and get the word out. Right? No. No. Where does he go? He disappears for 40 days. He's gone. Do you think those people were like, he must have died. Like, I don't, I haven't heard from that guy. That is, this is PR 101. I'm a PR and marketing graduate. PR 101, don't do this. If you're going to launch a product, <laughs> don't do this. And there's the hiccup for me. The speed bump. As I'm reading through Luke 4, I'm thinking, what is going on? I mean, come on, you're fully empowered with the Holy Spirit. Wouldn't you want to walk up to somebody and lay hands on them right then? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you want to launch into your special occasion ministry? Wouldn't you? Don't we want to? And the Holy Spirit leads him into the wilderness. Now, a couple years ago, I preached on wilderness. Who was here a couple years ago? Preached on wilderness. It's a very personal, um, meaningful thing for me, wilderness. So if you want to hear more about wilderness, it's on the church website two years ago. Actually, I think it was summer of two years ago, so literally two years ago. We're not going to dig into wilderness today, but suffice to say, wilderness is not punishment. Jesus was not led into the wilderness by the Spirit as punishment. Wouldn't you say? This wilderness time? Not punishment. I mean, was Jesus bad? <laughs> was he punished? And, and also, did the Holy Spirit say, see ya, I'm out of here. You're on your own, kid. So wilderness is not a place of isolation and aloneness, right? You're all looking at me, but I'm not hearing that you're going to need some more feedback today. Thank you. I need, I need feedback. I'm female. I need feedback. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, and he goes into the wilderness, and here's the second hiccup for me. <laughs> if you're... Uh, what would your list of like top 10 temptations be? Not your list. Let's not make this confession time. But like if we were to come up with a list of top 10, what would you put in there? Temptation. What would you put in there? Lying. Lying? That's not the worst one. I'm going to put that at, t at 10. Not one. <laughs> Fear. 
can't even, I don't know why I can't hear you today. What about murder? Who, who's going to scream out, murder? <laughs> what about um, violence? What about that one? Anything else? The worst. What, what, tempt, guys, come on. Hatred. Adultery. Adultery. Yeah, pornography. What else? Idolatry. Idolatry. Temptations, like evil, dark, sticky, stinky temptations. Like, wouldn't your top ten be, like, filled with, like, grossness? What else? What, what about your top hundred? What, 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 like, come on, like, give me the ugh, selfishness. Making bread. Pride. Making bread. I don't know, making bread hit any of your top 10? Any gluten freezies out there with me who's like, it's in my top 10. <laughs> it is in my top 10. Um, but it's not a normal top 10 moment. So here's the second speed bump for me. Make bread, Jesus. That's the temptation? Come on. Is it a joke? Weird. Now, I need to stop here for a second because I think we need to talk about temptation. I think we have some misconceptions, and I think, it's, it's, um, I think as believers, it's getting us into a really tricky place, and I just would like to like blow the lid off it. Is that okay? And expose it. Is that okay? So this is not actually a sermon about temptation. Funnily enough, I know it might seem that way. It's not. But I think we need to talk about it for a second. Give me your truthful answer, not like the right answer. Does that make sense? Who gets tempted? Oh, you're putting your hand up. Like I, I. So okay, so we all get tempted. What kind of people get tempted? Everyone, human people. Yes, this is the right answer. This is good. Now tell me, like, the real answer of how you feel about it. Can we just be honest for a second? Tempted? When you're weakest. Okay, so weak, weak people or us in weak moments. Yes? Okay. So therefore, like over time as you're stronger, more mature in the Lord, more stable, less temptation. But don't you think we think that? Don't you think in our heart of hearts, we're like, nah, weak believer, new believer, that person is struggling a lot, they've gone through a lot. They are more susceptible to temptation than hero of the faith, mature state. I mean, don't we kind of have a belief about that? We need to sit up and take notice right now because guess who is being tempted? Weak? God himself. So let's just blow the lid off that one. Being weak is not why you are tempted. Jesus learned obedience through the things he suffered. So the second thing is what? What are we tempted by? I made a joke about the sticky, stinky, gross temptations. 
But what are we tempted by? Do we think that temptation is about evil? Inherently evil, gross things. I mean, in our heart of hearts, is that what we think temptation is? Because right here, let's sit up and pay attention. It's bread. It's bread. I don't know who had bread for breakfast. Sinners. <laughs> no, bread is not bad. You're not a sinner. I take it back. You are a sinner. But I, not because I said it, just because you are. I don't Normal things. We're tempted by normal things. Where? Where are we tempted? Where physically are we tempted? Is it, are we tempted when we're in God's presence, when we're in the congregation of believers, when we're supported by a lot of people? Are we tempted then? Or are we tempted when we're like alone, you know? We're like the little um, zebra at the back of the herd that gets snipped off by the lion. You know, well, if, the, if, if that little zebra had run faster and had kept up with the crowd, he wouldn't have been taken. Right? Like, do we have this belief we think, oh, you were tempted because you were alone. You had walked away from God's protection. You had caused a divide between God and you, and that's why you were tempted. Do we have this little nagging belief in us? Wrong. That's <laughs> wrong. Again, sit up. Pay attention. Jesus was tempted, and he was not alone. Not vulnerable. Now, yes, was he hungry? Yes, and hunger does things, right? And we're going to talk about that in a second. But can I say, freshly empowered by the Holy Spirit, baptized, commissioned into his ministry, led into and around the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. He was with the Holy Spirit. Is this alone, out of God's protection? No, no. Why? Why do we get tempted? I think we think it's because we are bad and we attract it. We deserve it. <laughs> if we weren't bad, if we weren't prone to be bad, maybe we wouldn't be tempted. I mean, we're sinners, right? Like moth to a flame, sinner to the temptation. Is that what we believe? <laughs> uh, no, this is not true. We're tempted to be disobedient to God's word. Paul, we're going to get to that in a second because I believe that you're hitting on something very true there. God allows temptation. Now, Jesus did tell us to pray, Father in heaven, lead us not into temptation. So we want to pray that we're not tempted, right? But isn't it true? We see it in the word of God and we see it in our own lives that God uses temptation. Is it to prove how stupid we are, how vulnerable we are? No, no. Is it a punishment? Is it because we're alone and we're vulnerable and we're weak and we deserve it? No, no. Can we just blow the lid off this? Because here's what happens. If we think, honestly think that temptation is for weak, immature, unholy, alone, separated people then we have just enabled Satan to cover us with shame and we'll hide away our temptations. And then, guess what? We just became weak and alone and vulnerable. But temptation, 
wilderness, being led by the Spirit, coming up against the enemy, standing, walking with the Lord, failing, receiving mercy and forgiveness, trying again, being led by the Spirit. This is our life. We should be celebrating. But we just are uncomfortable with it, aren't we? We just want to escape temptation. Please, like, it's just uncomfy. <laughs> we don't like it. I mean, who likes that kind of pressure? I don't. <laughs> I don't like it at all. I don't want to look stupid and weak and vulnerable. Well, I guess I'm just afraid that that's what you think of me if I say I'm feeling tempted. So I just want to say, can we stop believing those lies? <laughs> okay? Is that okay that we just did that little pit stop on temptation there? It's not okay to keep believing those lies. If you believe that you have hardship in your life right now because of something you've done or because God does not love you or because you've been, you're feeling alone and vulnerable, that's a lie. Okay, we are facing hardship because we're learning to stand against an enemy who's been defeated by Jesus. We're in training. By the way, I just want to say, God does not want employees. He doesn't want us who will check in, do a job, check out back into our everyday lives. Do you know what I mean? So when temptation comes and you think, I'm just not good enough, so I guess I'm not going to like pray for healing because I suck. <laughs> well, you're going with an employee kind of mindset. Well, I have value. I'm going to check in, I'm going to do a little thing, and then I'm going to check out, and I'm fine. Everything that God has done for us is about relationship. Everything. We are his children. We are his family. We're not employees. We're not worthy. We have the blood of Jesus that makes us worthy. So even in our deepest temptation, did Jesus stop being the son of God because he was tempted? Now, how do we stand strong in temptation? Oh, you know what? I have one more thing. Oh, this is a good one. Josh, can you come up here, babe? He has no idea what I'm doing right now. Can I have the next slide, guys? Do you think that Jesus um, can actually be tempted? Because he's sinless, right? He's sinless. So, so why did Satan think it was a good idea to tempt him? Like, what did Satan actually think he would achieve? Like, did he actually think that Jesus was going to give in? What do you think? I mean, Satan knows who God is, right? It's funny. But I wonder if we think, well, Jesus could never actually sin, so he doesn't actually know what we've been through. Hebrews 4, 15 to 16, we don't have a high priest who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing, experienced it all, all but the sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he is ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. Now, I don't think we believe this, but I have a little illustration. You're going to have to take your sweater off. <laughs> Can you flex? My husband was a javelin thrower. Um, he went to nationals 
and um, saw a javelin go through someone's face at the national meet and then didn't throw so well. Who could blame him, right? So, um, <laughs> but he has upper body strength for days. I mean, come on. It's amazing. So, in a weightlifting competition, so we're going to bend down and pick up our bar. I've got a, do I have good form? Okay. And lift up. Okay. Who could lift the most? Karina, you have no faith in me? Come on, come back. Let's try again. Now, I just want to tell you my qualifications. I have a 30-pound kid and a 35-pound kid, and I can carry both of them and groceries off my elbows. Huh? Huh? Okay. Just keep that in mind. All right. Let's try again. Oh. I can't lift it. Can you lift it? Oh, you... Wait. I... How much is on your weight? Well, you can carry two kids' groceries and me on your back, because we've done that a few times. So, um, <laughs> you guys, I, sometimes when the kids are like, who's going to carry me? And I say, well, who's going to carry me? And he picks me up. It's, it's great. So he could probably, I could probably lift, what is that, 70 and then grocery bag. I could probably lift, lift 100, do you think? No, am I pushing it, Maureen? Oh, 80. 80. Okay, I could probably lift 80. Okay, 140 plus 80, you're at two, uh, math is hard, 220. You could lift 220? He's like, yeah, baby, I could do that. <laughs> what could you? <laughs> could you lift more than that? Oh, right now, even though you're not training? Oh, okay. <laughs> so guys, there gets a point at which Josh can lift the weight, and I cannot. And guys, my muscles can't even feel what that weight would feel like. My muscles cannot comprehend the weight of the weight that he lifted. You tracking with what I'm saying? Thanks, babe. You're amazing. Um, so do you know what I'm saying? Like we, we, so we say, oh, I've been tempted. You don't understand how much I've been tempted. <laughs> so tempted. The weight. You don't understand the weight of what I've been through. Well, yeah, I do. And even more than you've ever understood. There gets a point with weight, weightlifting, I have to tap out. I'm out. <laughs> I mean, probably after five, let's be honest. <laughs> Josh understands how much heavier things are than I do. Just because I can't lift them, just because I've given or tapped out or am not strong like him yet, doesn't mean that he doesn't understand what I'm going through. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? It, it, does the picture ring in your heart? We have a great high priest. Jesus lifted more weight than we will ever understand. It's not giving in to temptation. That is the, the um, measure of how heavy it was. At the end of this passage in Luke 4, we're only dealing with the first temptation. The other ones are even cooler. I mean, worse. But his victory is cooler. <laughs> I mean, there's just so much goodness in Luke 4. I would love to be doing a three-week series. Actually, Kurt, I would not. No, I take it back. <laughs> I would, but not... Uh, well, we'll talk about it. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, at the end of this passage in Luke 4, do you know what it says? And Satan left him, having done all tempting. When, tem when the temptation... Here, let's look at it. Luke 4. Who has it? It's Luke 4, 13. And when the devil had ended every temptation, 
He departed from him until an opportune time. Every temptation, guys. What? How much weight did he carry? All of it. Every temptation. Every one of them. Because it wasn't just these three. If you look at the, of the wording in, in, um, in Luke 4, it says he had been in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted. We're only privy to these final three. All. He's carried it all. And we think that our high priest, because he never gave into it, doesn't understand the weight of what we're carrying. He understands. Man, he understands what you're going through right now. He has carried it. In Matthew 16, Peter gets a taste of the weight. The second temptation that Luke records is when Satan says to Jesus, you came to be king. You came to win these people. Guess what? I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. I'll give you all the kingdoms. You can be their king. You can have every soul. You can have every people group. Worship me but once, the Amplified says, but once. And it can be yours. When Peter said to Jesus, you don't have to die, and Jesus <laughs> snaps at him, outburst, get behind me, Satan. You are not after the interests of the Father. You are in after the interests of man. Do you know where Jesus went right back in his heart in that moment? Here, the weight, the weight, and Peter just felt a little drop of it. <laughs> we don't think Jesus was tempted. You've got to look at that passage again, right? In that moment, all over again, well, you don't have to die. Temptation! <laughs> and then in the garden, it's at Luke 22 in the garden. Oh, but Father, if there is any other way, P.S. I know of one. And if there is any other way, take this cup from me. But not my will, yours. Do you know what that means? He had a will. And he laid it down. Not my will, but your will always. Every time. Every time. Our high priest knows more about temptation than we will ever know. <laughs> this is true. So let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. All right. He was hungry. He was hungry, guys. He was so hungry. Have you ever been hungry? Who's ever been, like, hungry? Man, I've been hungry for lunch. All oh, that hunger, you know, when your tummy starts to gurgle and it's a little loud so people hear it and you're like, sorry, I'm hungry. Have you ever felt that kind of hunger? It's just ravishing, isn't it? Ravishing. Ravishing is like beautiful. Ravenousing. Raven ravenous. All. No, okay. I mean, you know, when you skip a meal, it's hard, isn't it? When you just skip a meal, that's tricky. Or a snack. Have you ever skipped a snack? It's bad. I'm making a joke about it. I probably shouldn't. I've, I've actually had the opportunity to be um, in missions around the world and worked with people who are legitimately starving, refugees who are functioning on 
400 to 600 calories a day of rice and beans. You guys, there's something in the eyes of people that hunger that just grabs your soul. It's like this wild desperation. They're not functioning, you know? This hunger drives you to do things. I have an ancestor on one of the original fleets to Australia. Um, The records say that he was deported from England for stealing a loaf of bread and a black mare. Well, what kind of a guy steals a loaf of bread and a getaway vehicle? I don't think it's a horse thief. I think it's a bread thief that needed to get away. And I just wonder if he had a starving family. And I don't know what I would do if my babies were starving. I mean, I understand we have well-fed morals and we would say, oh, stealing is wrong. But I've never been that hungry, so I I don't trust that I wouldn't do it. You know? I mean, who could blame the guy? Who could blame a starving person for doing something violent to feed themselves? I mean, who could you blame? I mean, right? I've never been that hungry. I don't know. But guys, guess what? That's not what Jesus was being tempted with. (laughs) Satan didn't come and say, steal some bread. He didn't even come and say, I baked you an evil loaf of bread, Jesus. (laughs) Eat some of my bread. Right? Where is the sin? Where is the crime that Jesus is being punished? I mean, being forced into. What is the temptation in this? I mean, have you ever thought about that? It's weird, right? Okay. Desperate times, desperate measures. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Well, that if you are the son of God, that's a whole other sermon. But there is something going on there, right? Questioning his identity. Where is God now when you need him? And if you're the son of God, why not take care of it and make some Jesus bread? God bread. How could God made bread be bad? Uh, In a few chapters from now, guess what Jesus does? Makes bread. Doesn't he? A lot. 5,000 men plus women and children. And then he does it again. He does it twice. Uh, Also, there are lots of other bread miracles. Um, Elijah and the widow. Miracle of bread. What about Ezekiel? God gave him a bread recipe. Bread is not bad. Making bread is not bad. So let's work out what's going on. Jesus replied to him, It is written, man shall not live and be sustained by bread alone. So it is written, he's quoting from Deuteronomy 8. Let's go there. Remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years. Don't forget it, people. Right? Remember. He humbled you and he let you be hungry fed you with manna which you did not know did, and nor did your fathers know that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone but by but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the lord a whole other sermon there right i mean we could just dig through deuteronomy 8 couldn't we but today we're going to look at two words bread alone because this is the these are the words that are repeated in luke okay bread alone man cannot live by bread alone Bread on its own. Bread separate from. 
bread without God, bread outside of relationship, bread alone, just bread. Man can't live on just bread, but out of relationship with God. You know what Jesus is saying? If God wanted me to have bread, he would give it to me now. If God didn't want me to be hungry right now, I wouldn't be hungry. And I wonder, how does he have that kind of power to say that? Because there's nothing better than a slice of white bread with butter on it, is there? Hot out of the oven. Oh, it's the gluten-free talking again. Sorry. Satan's done this before, guys. Genesis 3. Adam and Eve are in the garden. There's one thing they can't have. It's a tree of fruit. Uh, Is that fruit bad? I mean, God made it. Can God make bad things? Evil? Is it an evil tree with evil fruit? I mean, even if you just look at it, Eve says. I mean, it's so bad you can't even look at it. And Satan says, well, God knows that you'll become like him if you eat it. Uh, Newsflash! Adam and Eve were made in his image and likeness. They are like him. <laughs> Newsflash. <laughs> what? Oh, God knows you'll become like him. Well, we already are. We're his children. But there's something more there. You'll know, you'll know that you'll have all knowledge. You'll know all kinds of stuff that you don't know now. So I want to put out a what if for you. So God came and walked in the cool of the afternoon with Adam and Eve. What if they hadn't taken the fruit? Okay, what if? I know, it's impossible to imagine, but they would have walked with God in the cool of the afternoon, day after day, year after year. Do you think over time they would have obtained knowledge walking with God? I mean, don't we learn stuff when we walk with him? I mean, don't you think if they had walked with him that everything that was embodied in that fruit might have ended up being theirs within the context of relationship? Because that kind of knowledge within the context of relationship, it's not inherently evil. I believe Satan was tempting them with the exact same thing he's tempting Jesus. You don't need God. We can fast track it. You do not have to invest in that relationship to get what you need what you deserve, and what you were made for. And I think this is the foundation of every temptation we come across. Don't you feel it? You don't need God. I think uh, the enemy will do this however he can with you. It might be pride. Well, you don't need help. Look at you. You can do it yourself. You can Don't accept help. That would be weak. Do you have a little bit of that going on? Isolation. God does not care about you. The reason why you have needs is because you're alone. And you'd better work out a plan because you're going to starve. And nobody cares about you. Have you ever felt that? What about compartments? Well, bread is an earthly need. It's not a spiritual need. I take care of the earthly things and God takes care of the spiritual things. Compartment. I mean, Satan will do whatever he can to get you to that place where you will do something, anything, without God. Do you hear what I'm saying? Like, does that ring in your heart? Like, oh, (laughs) 
Man, this is what God's been talking to me about this month. What about a works mentality? Well, heaven helps those who help themselves. Not in the Bible. (laughs) That is not in the Bible. Never say that again. Heaven does not help those who help themselves. What a lie. Well, come on. You've got to work and you've got to have a job, right? I mean, you can't just sit around and expect stuff to fall from the sky. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. We have strength. We should do things, right? I mean, God made us capable, right? We should be doing things, shouldn't we? We should be. Yeah, we should be. When he tells us to and how he tells us to and with who he tells us to do it with, you know? I mean, there's this everyday guidance that we desperately need. That's why making bread all of a sudden is evil and sinful. All of a sudden, bread is bad. Why? Because he would have done it on his own. What about fear of weirdness? (laughs) Does anyone know anyone that's like, well, I didn't get out of bed today because I did not hear the Holy Spirit to tell me to? (laughs) Do you know those people? I ha- I'm late for work today because I was like, Jesus, red socks or green socks? <laughs> I just was waiting on him for a word. Right? Haven't you? Because it can paralyze you. It can absolutely paralyze you. I mean, in all seriousness, we don't want to be weird, right? But we want to get it right. And so this is a tricky thing. You know what will remedy that? Relationship, day after day. Your first day, you may not actually get out of bed. <laughs> If you've never tried it before, but as you get to know the voice of God, and we know his word because of his, because uh, we know his voice because of his word, right? We know what it sounds like, and you've got to practice it. You've got to practice it day after day. You might have to pray about green socks. I don't know. It's your walk with the Lord. But just because one person, it looked a little weird, doesn't mean we throw the Holy Spirit out with the bathwater. Right? Okay. What about fear of no fun? Has anyone thought, I don't want to pray about that because I'm pretty sure God will say no. (laughs) And I really want to go to that movie and I know it's awful and I'm going to go anyway and I'm chucking Jesus at the door. (laughs) Uh, I was talking to Kurt yesterday and he was like, yeah, because it feels like, well, gee, do I never get to go to R-rated movies ever again? Just Kurt and I chatting away. And he's like, you know, who knows? The Holy Spirit is the one that knows you and your life, we just have to um, stop being afraid that God doesn't like fun. God loves fun. And you're like, well, clean fun is no fun at all. I mean, right, we have this big, like, fear. Don't we have this fear of no fun? Man, it's a trick of the enemy. You are being tricked, sucker, right? We're being tricked. We're being tricked that the fun that God has for us is no fun at all. Lies from the enemy. The only way to undo those lies is to walk it out, try it, and see where God takes you. Right? Like baptism, you won't know until you do it. It's the same thing with our walk with the Lord every day. Okay, here's the one that gets me every time, autopilot. I've been here before. I've done this before. I know how it goes. This is what I do. This is God's will. I know how it goes. Right? Anyone else there? You're like, this is, a, this is a no-brainer. This is foundational. I do not need the Holy Spirit in this. I'm hungry. I make a sandwich. I eat it. There's no problem. Well, Jesus is showing us that autopilot never does us well. Just because you're hungry doesn't mean that you need to feed yourself. 
It might. God might tell you to. It might not. Moses is a great example of this, okay? Moses, his, the people are whining that they're thirsty. I relate to that problem. <laughs> the fact that they were, like, complaining about it. I, I don't know why God was mad. Right? They're in the wilderness. There's no water, and they're complaining, okay? No water is a big deal, I think. I'm an Israelite at heart, I guess. <laughs> Moses takes the stick, and God says, take your staff, go out by the rock, hit it, and water will flow, and it happens. Okay, that was in, uh, if you're taking notes, that's in um, Exodus 17. In, in Numbers 20, it happens again. There's a second time. The people are complaining there's no water. God says to Moses, get that staff, go outside beside the rock, and speak to it, and water will flow. Gotcha, got it. Got my staff, done this before. Here we go, whack, whack, Water flows out. The people receive water from the Lord. Guess what? Moses, because of that moment, doesn't get to enter the promised land. Big deal. What he says is, you did not honor me. People did not see my greatness. That concerns me about my autopilot. (laughs) I don't want to be like Moses. Oh yeah, right, grab stick, Say no more, God. Done this before. Let's go. Danger. Man, that's how Satan gets me. Autopilot. Um, The final thing is um, strength. We've talked about it before. (sighs) Guys, I'm really gifted. Um, I can read and write. Um, I am creative. Um, I've done my strengths finders. Anyone else done your strengths finders? So you're working out what your strengths are. And, and you know, I, I'm pretty, I can do stuff. I can do stuff, right? And then I trust God to do whatever I cannot do. You know, I mean, have you ever said, well, we've done everything we can. Now all we can do is pray. We're just going to have God be the frosting on our cake. But I'm the cake. With my God-given gifts, please understand. These are from the Lord. You know, when I get done with things, I say glory to God. God. I mean, have you ever seen people do that? They do like a cheer routine and they'd be like, glory to God, right? I did it, but it's really God doing it. But I did it in my own strength. So here's my final question. Could Jesus have made bread on his own? Could Jesus have done what Satan tempted him to do? Make bread for yourself, do it. Could Jesus have done that? Did he have powers? Some of you are saying yes, some of you are saying no. Isn't that interesting? Well, in Philippians 2, is it Philippians 2? Wherever it is, Um, Jesus put aside his powers and his rights and became man. Where is that? It is Philippians 2? Okay. Right? Jesus set aside his godliness and became a man. So does Jesus have the power to do miracles on his own? Will we ever know? Is that kind of a, a... 
a brain teaser? Here's what I do know. I assure you, the son cannot, can do nothing of himself, of his own accord. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son does also. Out of relationship. Here's how it is. Jesus makes some bread, you're hungry. I am pretty hungry. (laughs) But you know what? If I'm going to make bread, I'm going to do it with the Father and Spirit because that is the best tasting bread. (laughs) Bread I would make on my own, it's, it's lacking two really big ingredients. My Father and my Spirit. Why would I make that bread? That bread is stupid. Don't you think? Don't you think that's what he's saying? The Son cannot do anything on his own. What is that? Literally, what are you just... You're not actually God at all? You can't do anything on your own, Jesus? Like, what is that? Are you powerless? No, no, no. The son cannot. It would be, it's inconceivable. It just, why would I waste my time doing something on my own when I can have the power of God be a part of it? That is how we overcome temptation, and that is how we get the Holy Spirit to be a part of our everyday lives. Why would I do something on my own? Inconceivable. Why would I do that? When I can do it in the power of God, when I can do it in the context of relationship, bread alone doesn't sustain. Bread in relationship, wow. Not sure you can pray and see somebody healed? A little worried about that? Not ready to try and raise someone from the dead? Not sure you can hear God's voice and give a prophetic word to someone else? Are you not sure? Are you worried about that? I don't know about those special occasions. Well, I think it's because we need the Spirit in our everyday and we're comfortable with His voice. And we learn to do things in relationship with him. And all of a sudden, we're wearing our heels. Well, some of us are wearing our heels in our special outfits in a special occasion. And it's no different. It's the same guy. It's the same spirit, right? Moving in us, moving in us, pouring through us. Isn't that exciting? Doesn't that give you hope? I feel like we have these new, like we're pulling up our old foundational beliefs about the Holy Spirit and how he works in our lives and we're laying down some new foundations. Do you feel good about that one? Feel like you could stand on that a little bit? Feeling a bit more secure about how the Holy Spirit could operate in your life? Yeah. What is the biggest need in your life? Reach forward and grab your communion, would you? What is the biggest need in your life? Uh, I was talking to Josh this week about this, and, and he had a, he's involved with a project that's having some hiccups. And as we were talking about it, he said, you know what, from the start, I had a weird feeling about this. And as we're sitting there talking, we're like, oh, that weird feeling? Holy Spirit prompting him? Pause. Stop. Ask me how to proceed. I want to be a part of your everyday. Last year, our family was paying um, uh, medical bills and God showed me and then gave me a job, a job I loved. 
a short-term contract job where I got to do something I loved and got to do it from home so I didn't have to do childcare. It was amazing, right? Well, here we are again. We need money for medical. <laughs> and I'm so tempted to go on autopilot and use my own strength and work out a plan. I mean, last time he did it with a job, right? So this time, I mean, get a job, right? I mean, if you need money, get a job. What I felt like God say was, do not get a job. That's awkward, isn't it? <laughs> so you know what I did? I set up a blog. I monetized that blog. I added advertising to it. And when I prayed about it, God said, don't bother. He didn't say no. So I went ahead and did it anyway. And it has been a bother, guys. <laughs> a real bother. And in the last four or five months, I've made $7. But they pay you in $10 increments. So I've not actually seen a cent. <laughs> because I was trying to scratch out a solution for myself. This is my area of biggest need. I need to cover my children with health care, okay? So I have a literal daily bread need. That's what I am walking with the Spirit about. That's what he's been talking to me about this month. What is your gaping need? What is your area of everyday need? What do you need? What are you tempted to fix yourself? Let's take this um, communion together in your own time. Bread, Jesus' body for you. Bread, not of your own making, his bread for you. And his blood, his cleansing blood that sets you free from your mistakes and washes you clean to walk with him again. And just give him your big need and say, Holy Spirit, I want to do it in relationship. There's gluten-free options at the back. It is. Thank In our everyday moments, when you put on your work clothes, in your home life, with your friends, with your free time, your daily day-to-day, -day, the Holy Spirit wants to walk you through it, lead you into and through and around. Oh, Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you that you lead us into and in and around in our lives. Father, I am sorry that I've done it on my own. I'm sorry that I fell for the schemes of the enemy. And thank you that your word has opened my eyes to see evermore how to live surrendered and in relationship with you. And I just pray for our body, Lord. 
that we truly would be free from the shame and hiding of temptations, that we would walk um, in confidence of your love, and that we would pour out grace and encouragement to each other, and God, that we would have victory over temptation like Jesus does, God. And Holy Spirit, we want the special occasions. We want those special occasions. And we want them every day. We want you in our every day.